Hello, Gladiators fans, and welcome to episode 30 of the Atlanta Gladiators podcast. I'm the host, Mike Folta, the broadcaster for the team. Today is Tuesday, May 3rd, and unfortunately, the Gladiators season has come to an end. Atlanta falling to the Jacksonville Iceman four games to none in the first round of the 2022 Kelly Cup playoffs. We will get to that series and we'll recap the season here in this episode of the Atlanta Gladiators podcast. We do not have a guest on with us today. It's just going to be a bit of a post-mortem here on what Atlanta accomplished, what the organization accomplished this season. And so we'll go through that a little bit. We'll have a send segment and uh, then we will get you on your way to enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Do have some housekeeping items though to get to first. We will be switching to more of a bi-weekly, sometimes monthly podcast schedule. We're not going to have these episodes every week. Uh, Mostly that's just because we don't have that much to update you on here. In the early months of the summer, the Gladiators will start signing players sometime in July. And that's when we'll kind of start to ramp it back up with these podcast episodes and with the guests and getting uh, new and exciting uh, people to talk on this uh, this platform with us as we have in the past. So, But for now, in the month of May and, and through the month of June, we're going to kind of dial it back to more of a bi-weekly, um, at, even at times a monthly setup as well. The Gladiators do have some excitement, exciting announcements coming up. However, uh, this week and in the next couple of days, the schedule for the 2022-2023 campaign will be released on Thursday at 2 o'clock. So, Definitely stay tuned from that. I've had a chance to peek over some of the initial drafts at that schedule, and it is going to be very interesting compared to last year. Some similarities with the scheduling, uh, some that will be uh, welcome familiarities, but also some major differences as well. Of course, you have the Savannah Ghost Pirates, a new team that's going to be joining the ECHL's South Division, and so that shakes things up a little bit. Norfolk will be heading up to the North Division, and so uh, the schedule will look a little bit different on that regard. Remember, Atlanta and Norfolk played a whole bunch uh, last season. It's going to be a little bit different this upcoming season with uh, the new addition to the South Division and a new in-state rival for the Gladiators as well. So keep uh, keep your eye on the Gladiators' social media channels. Uh, On Twitter, that's at ATL Gladiators, and on Instagram as well. Uh, that news will be released on social media. We'll send out uh, a release as well. But that's Thursday at 2 o'clock when the Glads will be releasing their 2022-2023 schedule. Uh, There is another significant announcement coming up here on Friday. So uh, we won't get too into that. I really can't uh, uh, disperse too much of that information here today. But there is a pretty significant team announcement coming on Friday as well. But... Uh, Season tickets are now available here for the Gladiators for 2022-2023. As always, calling the front office is the best way to go about that. 770-497-5100. Get in touch with one one of our sales reps, and they will set you up with the best rates possible. And of course, right now, we have the early bird special going on. You can get special rates by signing up for those season ticket packages ahead of everybody else. Single-game tickets are not yet available. Of course, the schedule is not uh, published yet, so uh, those, those, uh, those single-game tickets will be coming soon as well. 
But that kind of wraps up the housekeeping end of things here in episode 30. So let's get into our sends segment where we break down what's going on with the affiliates of the Atlanta Gladiators. You have the Ottawa Senators up in the NHL and the Belleville Senators in the American Hockey League at the AAA level right now. No news of any kind with the Ottawa Senators in the NHL. They wrap up uh, their 2021-2022 season. They are out of the playoffs. The Stanley Cup playoffs have already begun as we're recording this here on the third right now. And Ottawa is not a part of that. So they're already on the golf course looking ahead to next year. The Belleville Senators, however, made a late push in the last couple weeks of the regular season. And they are in the AHL playoffs uh, competing for the Calder Cup. The B-Sens are in the postseason for the first time in their franchise history. They finished as the fourth seed in the North Division, and they'll be taking on the five seed, the Rochester Americans, in a best-of-three series uh, coming up here late this week and bleeding into next week uh, as well, or, or late this weekend, I should say. But Belleville being the four seed and Rochester being the five seed, that's basically a play-in game in the North Division. The other uh, top three seeds all have a bye uh, past this round in which Belleville is playing Rochester and the winner of this Belleville-Rochester series will play the Utica Comets, who was the one seed in the North Division. That will be the divisional semifinals. Uh, but it's Belleville and Rochester starting tomorrow, Wednesday, on May 4th. The first game will be in Rochester, and then games two and three will be uh, in Belleville. That's Friday, May 6th at Belleville, and Sunday, May 8th at Belleville as well. Again, it's a best of three, so that game three might not be necessary. However, uh, those are the dates for the first round of playoffs for the B-Sens. Belleville also had their end-of-year awards handed out uh, over the past couple of days, so we'll run through that real quick here. The MVP, no doubt, was Jake Lucchini for the B-Sens, a 26-year-old who had a career season. Uh, He posted a career-best totals in goals, assists, and points. He had 20 goals, 31 helpers, and 51 points on the season. He led Belleville in scoring. He was also the only B-Sens player to skate in all 72 games. So Jake Lucchini was a pillar in that Senators lineup, and he gets the Team MVP Award. The Defenseman of the Year Award is given to Lassie Thompson. He was a former first-rounder back in 2019, just a 21-year-old Finn who put up 26 points in 44 games with Belleville. He also made it up to the show quite a bit uh, with Ottawa, the big club. He had five assists in 16 games with the Ottawa Senators. So a successful campaign for Lassie Thompson, a young defenseman who they're hoping can make that uh, next jump up to the NHL level here uh, this next season. The Rookie of the Year was awarded to Mad Sogard. They call him the Great Dane goaltender for the B-Sens. Sogard, just 21 years old. He went 19-14-1 and won this season with Belleville. A 9.08 save percentage and a 2.86 goals against average. He also played in two games with the Ottawa Senators up in the NHL, and he, he actually won his NHL debut on April 1st against the Detroit Red Wings. So Mad Sogard is the Rookie of the Year. The Players' Choice Award, that's voted on uh, by the players and typically given to somebody who is always standing up for uh, their teammates. You know, if you, look, you think of the Gladiators, that could be a, 
a Josh Thrower or a Mike Turner character. Uh, but in Belleville, it's Colby Williams. He only had eight points on the year, but 64 penalty minutes. Uh, Williams was always a guy, according to his teammates and to, uh, according to his coaches as well, who would stick up for his his teammates and uh, always created some more space for his guys out on the ice, uh, willing to to drop the gloves. And he played hard and played the right way, according uh, to uh, his teammates in that leadership group. Uh, but Williams, given the Players' Choice Award, the Coach's Choice Award, Given to Mark Kastelik. Kastelik, 28 points on the year with Belleville. He also made his NHL debut with Ottawa. Had two goals and two assists with the Ottawa Senators in the NHL. We told this uh, little tidbit the other week, but Kastelik got his first two NHL goals in the same game. And after his first tally, he ended up getting in a fight right afterwards. So kind of an interesting First NHL goal story there for Mark Kastelik, who was the Coach's Choice Award winner. The man of the year for the B-Sends is Frederick LeMay. He's the team's video coach, and they gave him the Man of the Year Award for all that he does. He does a lot behind the scenes, apparently, with uh, helping out with travel, among other things, and getting all that video cut up and done for Belleville. So congratulations to Frederick LeMay, the team's video coach, for being awarded the Man of the Year uh, for the Belleville Senators. So that wraps up the end of the year awards for the B-Sens. They still have some hockey ahead of them, some postseason hockey against Rochester up first, and then possibly Utica after that. So that finishes up our Sens segment. Let's move on to the 2021-2022 season recap for the Atlanta Gladiators, and we'll continue to look back over the coming episodes as well, but Just want to take a a few minutes here to dive into everything that this team accomplished this season and kind of how everything uh, came to be. But it was a four-game sweep for the Gladiators in the divisional semifinals against the Jacksonville Icemen. Atlanta lost game one, three to two. They lost game two, five to four in overtime. If you remember, that was when the Glad scored three goals in the last four minutes of the game. They came all the way back to tie it. And then Ben Howarchuk broke their hearts in OT for the Icemen. Game three was a two-to-one game. And then game four was five to nothing, although I'm not sure the final score necessarily uh, relays the intensity with which that game was played and how close that really was throughout most of the contest. But you see that three of those first four games were all separated by just one goal. That's how close... The Gladiators were to getting more out of that series and giving themselves a chance against the Icemen, a team that they played extremely well against during the regular season. So the Icemen are moving on to the divisional finals in the Kelly Cup playoffs. The Florida Everblades have taken down the Greenville Swamp Rabbits in six games, and so it'll be a Jacksonville-Florida matchup in the division semifinals. But let's go over a couple points here. Uh, for the Atlanta Gladiators, and we're going through some of the points that we sent out uh, in our season recap. This went out to to media along with season ticket holders as well, but we're going to run through a couple of these to kind of put this past season in perspective a little bit. The Glads hauled in 91 points on the year. That's their highest point total since 2012. Uh, That team ended up grabbing 93 points And the 91 points that Atlanta picked up this season uh, ranked as the fifth highest in franchise history. So, Glads have been around for 
uh, for quite a while now, especially here in Duluth. Uh, this will, this next year will be the Glad's 20th season here in Duluth, but uh, it was a historic season for uh, this group and 43 wins on the year for Atlanta as well. That's the most since the 2012-2013 season, and it ties for third in franchise history as well. Glad's finished as the second-place team in the South Division. That was the club's best regular season finish since that 2012-2013 season as well. So there's a little bit of perspective for you right there. Uh, Glad's had a, a hugely successful campaign, even though it didn't end the way that anybody would have hoped uh, it certainly was a successful regular season. You look back kind of through these games, it's hard to imagine the start of the year when the Glads opened things up at home back all the way on October 29th. That was Atlanta's first game at home in almost two years. Remember, the Glads took off uh, last season due to the pandemic, and what a start it was at home for the Gladiators. Atlanta won their first four home games of the regular season, starting with some bangers, honestly. That game on the 29th against Orlando, a 5-4 to four win. Then a couple nights later, they had a wild comeback against the Greenville Swamp Rabbits on November 7th. Atlanta trailed in that game 4 to nothing. Uh, they scored, I believe it was five unanswered goals. Greenville came back to tie it. Then they kind of went back and forth, and the Glads pulled away in what was a 12-goal contest against the Swamp Rabbits. Uh, Atlanta won five games in a row after losing the season opener on the road in Orlando. The Glads started out 5-1, and oh, they had a hot start. A couple win streaks this year for the Gladiators as you kind of look up and down their schedule, and we'll get into some more of that uh, here in a moment. Uh, But right now, we're just kind of going through chronologically, trying to remind folks uh, of all that there was this year and all the success that uh, this team had. If you remember back to the middle of November, Cincinnati came to town. It was a hard weekend. The Glads split with the Cyclones, but we did have that whiteout on a Saturday night as Atlanta revealed their white jerseys here at home. That was an incredible atmosphere as well. And then December hit, and it felt like Atlanta started to tail off a little bit. They only took one out of three against Norfolk, a team who at the time looked really threatening. And I remember talking to some of the players as well and hearing that, wow, those guys, those guys, that's the best passing team the Glads had seen uh, to that point yet. Uh, However, uh, Norfolk, after they took two of three against the Glads, would go on to lose nine in a row. So uh, the Admiral's success was short-lived there in the month of December. The Glads got beat up a little bit in December. Uh, They had that Norfolk series as well. They ended up dropping a couple in a row to Greenville and Florida. Uh, And then they had a a rough stretch finishing out the month. They lost on Derek Nesbitt's 1,000th professional game, a 4-3 shootout loss in Jacksonville right before Christmas. Then they came back uh, to finish up the month of December, finish off the 2021 calendar year at home. Uh, They lost two straight games, one on New Year's Eve, one on New Year's Day to Florida. And then after that, they ripped off four straight wins and kind of never looked back after uh, the turn of the calendar year. The Glads were fantastic in January and February, uh, especially that nine-game winning streak that started in the month of February. Uh, It started on February 18th against Greenville. Uh, But let's go back for a quick second 
That January 2nd game was when Joe Murdaka came in. He made his first start against Florida. He got Atlanta the win, a 3-2 overtime win, mind you. Uh, And then uh, later that week, the Glads won in a shootout. Derek Nesbitt had the shootout winner on the 7th against the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. So right there, back-to-back overtime shootout games. The Glads came out on top with Murdaka getting the win in one of those. He would eventually be released. He'd go up to Abbotsford in the AHL, come back down to the Gladiators, and he was a huge piece in net along with Chris Nell in the second half of the season after Tyler Parks departed for Germany. So then the Glads kind of make their way through the last part of January. They have some exciting games against Jacksonville. They win two in a row against the Icemen at home. One of them a one to nothing shutout win with Chris Nell having himself a great night. Uh, two nights later, they win 5-2 to two against the Icemen. And then early in February, there's a lot of intrigue because on the 5th of February, we had Teddy Bear toss. Unfortunately, the Glads lost that game. Uh, but if you remember, the Thrower brothers started out the first period with a pair of fights that were as memorable as any bouts this season for Atlanta. And then a little bit before that, on February 2nd, we saw Sangun Sheen make his debut for the Gladiators, and he was a huge trigger man for this Atlanta offense throughout the latter stages of the season. So Sangun Sheen comes over from South Korea, and the Glads just get hot in February, much in part to Sangun Sheen, who had a 13 game point streak rolling along with that nine game win streak for the Atlanta Gladiators. The Glads, right before that win streak, they traveled up north to take on Cincinnati. They won that game. Then two nights later, they lost in Wheeling, a 3-2 overtime loss against the Wheeling Nailers. And then they lost uh, that next night in Toledo, 5-3. But the Glads came back in that game against one of the best teams in the league. Mike Pellick ended up getting hurt in that Toledo game. We did not see him the rest of the season. And then the next game, Mike Turner went out with a shoulder injury. So we were missing him uh, for a few weeks there as well. This was a Gladiators team that was banged up all season long. Anthony Florentino was put on injured reserve fairly early. Cameron Nault was dealing with uh, injury problems all season. Of course, I just mentioned Pellick uh, and Turner, but health issues was something that really plagued Atlanta down the stretch. So kind of continuing down the schedule here, and we'll try to make this quick over the last uh, couple of months of the season, but Atlanta goes on that nine-game heater. They sweep Greenville in three games, take down South Carolina. Then they win four in a row against Norfolk, including a game on the 5th of March, a 5-4 to four shootout win. Again, that was Derek Nesbitt with the uh, shootout winner. But uh, against Norfolk, that 5-4 to four shootout win on the 5th, the Glads were down big late in that game. Derek Topadage ties the game with just over 50 seconds left in regulation, and Atlanta goes on uh, to win later. That's right around where we started to notice that the Glads were coming back a whole lot uh, in these games, and they had that propensity to uh, return to form late in third periods. They would go on to do that the next night again in South Carolina. So then... Uh, the Glads take two out of three a couple weeks later uh, in Jacksonville. They have their biggest comeback of the season, a 5-4 to four, uh, comeback overtime win. Mike Turner caps off five unanswered against the Iceman 
on March 20th after Atlanta came back from being down 4 nothing. After that, it was a Rapid City trip in which the Glads won once in a shootout and once in overtime. And then after the Rapid City trip, they won against Greenville in a shootout as well. That's all in a stretch right there, uh, spanning from that March 20th comeback all the way to that uh, April 1st shootout win against Greenville. That's four out of five games that were decided in extra time, and Atlanta won all of those, two in a shootout and two in overtime. Felt like the Glads petered out a bit at the end of the season, maybe. Uh, They took one of two against the Icemen at home. That was right after they got walloped by a Florida 7-1, and then the Glads lose two on the road uh, to the Everblades to finish out the regular season. But we could go through every game and probably find some incredible moments. There were... Huge goals, timely goals, big fights, big hits, big saves all season long from the Glads. This was an incredibly fun team to cover. And let's get to some of those team accolades. Um, Some of you guys may or may not be aware of how dominant the Gladiators were at home this year. With 25 victories at Gas South Arena, the Gladiators tied with Toledo, Fort Wayne, and Idaho for the most wins on home ice. The Glads also tied for the longest win streak, that nine-game win streak this season from February 18th to March 6th. And the Glads had the longest home win streak. That was also nine games long, spanning from January 2nd to February 2nd. So Atlanta got streaky, and they were very good uh, at home this year. Uh, Atlanta had more comeback wins when trailing heading into the third period than any other team in the league. Glads did that 10 times this year. Uh, started calling them the cardiac Glads, and for good reason. We saw a lot of shorthanded goals all season from Atlanta. They had 19 on the year. That ranked second in the ECHL. If you're curious about the attendance numbers, the Glads were in the top half of the ECHL easily. They ranked 12th in attendance with uh, almost... 3,800 fans per game, and that attendance continued to tick upwards and upwards as the season rolled along and as the Glads continued to win more and more. Uh, This is something that kind of snuck up under my nose a little bit and something I didn't realize until late in the year, but the Gladiators had 39 victories against South Division teams. That was the most that any ECHL team had against division rivals. So, Atlanta was the winningest team in the ECHL against their own division this season, and that played a huge role for the Glads picking up that second seed in the South Division. We also had a bunch of milestones this year, and that happens when you have a handful of veteran players that have been around the ECHL a while, have been around pro pro hockey a while. Uh, Maybe none more than Derek Nesbitt and Mike Pellick. Mike Pellick played in his 790th ECHL game on December 17th at Florida against the Everblades, and that moved him into second all-time in ECHL games played. He would eventually climb up above 800 before he got placed on injured reserve in February. We mentioned that Nesbitt played his 1,000th pro game in Jacksonville back in December. Another Pelic note, he picked up his 600th ECHL point uh, when he scored a goal on January 8th against Greenville. He's one of only a handful of players to hit that 600-point plateau uh, in ECHL history. Derek Nesbitt, who entered the season leading the Gladiators in all-time games played, goals, and points. He just needed to get the assists 
uh, all-time leader mark, and he got it on March 4th at Norfolk. He, pra- he passed Brad Shell uh, for first all-time in Gladiators' assist when he got two helpers in that game against the Admirals. Pellick finished his season, when it was all said and done, tied for fifth in all-time ECHL points with 611. And another little note that, that caught me unawares at the end of the year, Eric Neely had himself a great regular season, 20 goals for Neely. He finished the year fourth in Gladiators franchise history uh, in terms of goals with 78. So now Eric Neely is on that all-time leaderboard as well with 78 Gladiators goals. This was his fourth season here in Atlanta. He was a guy who we weren't sure if he was going to play this year. Uh, He played four games last season in Jacksonville, kind of came to the coach and said, you know what, Um, this isn't working for me. And he had taken a job in Atlanta, and then he joins Jeff Pyle's crew this season, and he was a major factor offensively and a huge boost, especially at home. Uh, Like we said, 20 goals on the year for Neely, and he could have had a whole bunch more if he would have been playing in more of those road games. But uh, but Neely with 78 Gladiators goals all time, that ranks him fourth in Gladiators franchise history. There's a whole bunch of other notes that we can go back uh, and go through and give players pats on the back for, and I'm sure we'll do that uh, kind of throughout the upcoming weeks here as we both look ahead and look forward as well. Like we mentioned, that schedule for 2022-2023 is coming out this week on Thursday. That is uh, the 5th of May. So be on the lookout for that, uh, along with other announcements coming up this week from the Gladiators. But that wraps up this week's episode of the Atlanta Gladiators podcast. We thank you for kind of going through this reflection period with us. We thank you for tuning in all season long. We had so much fun covering this team Being around these guys and being around this organization uh, was a true joy as the Gladiators came back from a real dark period there in 2020 uh, with an incredibly successful 2021-2022 campaign. And we really could not have done it uh, without you, the fans, and without you, the listeners, as well. So, again, that wraps up this week's episode. We will talk to you in a couple weeks' time as we continue to set our eyes on 2022 2023 with the Gladiators.